Okay, I'm here at the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? I'm Howard Gegenholz from the University of Pittsburgh. And um, so I, I found you at a booth here. What, what kind of uh, game are you working on? Well, this is a resource management game where you get to run your own transplant center. Dr. Transplant will be available in the App Store coming in April and on Facebook. It's a cross-platform game, so you'll have the exact same gameplay on your iOS device and on Facebook. And what inspires you to do the game? Well, we decided to do this game because we're trying to promote the issue of organ donation and transplantation. So we actually got a federal grant from the Department of Health and Human Services to educate people about organ and tissue donation through online and mobile gaming. And um, how long ago did you guys start that? Well, we got the grant about two years ago. We've been in serious development for about a year. We did extensive focus group testing of the concept and gameplay last summer. We, set, we tested with all ages from college on up to 60 years old, so we think we have a hit on our hands. Yeah, and what was the response? Um, People were so excited when they saw the game. The game has educational content embedded in the gameplay, so while you're playing, you're actually going to learn something, but it's really designed to be entertaining. So it has a lot of the features that make uh, resource management games so popular. There's a lot of customization, there's a lot of upgrades, there's a lot of goals to attain, and it's also social, so while you're playing, you're going to be connecting with your friends through your social networks, either on the Mojimi network, which is our uh, game developers company, or through Facebook. And you mentioned educational content. Can you talk about the specific educational content you're trying to, um, I guess, in, endow with the people who play the game? So, for example, what you'll learn is that the patients in a transplant center are not all just coming through and getting an organ transplant. A lot of the patients that come through a transplant center and come through the hospital, they're getting a lot of important checkups and tests. So, in the doctor transplant hospital game, you're actually going to see patients coming in and out. The kidney patients need dialysis. All of the patients need a physical exam and checkup. The heart patients need to go on the cardiac stress test and so forth. And it's only a small number of the patients that are actually ready to get an organ transplant. Those patients are going to walk into the hospital, get into a bed, and wait. And now what happens is, and this is a part of the gameplay that models real-world experience, Organs are not immediately available. Organs are a gift, and they only come about when a donor has actually agreed in advance before they die to donate their organs to save somebody's life. So, for example, when a heart uh, patient gets into a bed, it's going to take 48 hours of real time, that's real human time, not game time, in order for that heart to become available in your game hospital. Now, you can speed up that timer by going out to your Facebook network, for example, and asking one of your friends to give you that important gift. So it shows up as a request for that gift. Your friends can click through and it'll help you move your patients through your hospital faster. More points, more ribbons, more lives saved. And it also spreads and promotes the message. And since you have an, an iOS version, are you going to have mini games or are you going to primarily focus on the RPG element? So there are mini games that pop up in the game. Well, thank you for asking that. It's actually, we think it's a unique aspect to a resource management game. We've actually designed three very quick puzzles that pop up in the game at different times and you have to work through those puzzles in order to keep the game moving. So for example, when you're actually doing the uh, transplant, you need to help the surgeon do the transplant by basically handing the surgeon the tools that he 
who needs to do the surgery. But it's not bloody, it's not gory, and really what we learned from doing our focus group testing is that when people play these games, games are an escape. Games are supposed to be fun. And this game, while it has some serious content, to be entertaining, it really has to give people the chance to engage with that content, but also through a layer of entertainment and fun. So the games are going to appeal to a broad audience, and it's not going to have any ick factory, like, oh, I don't want to do that. You're actually going to find this game to be really cute, funny, it's got great music, and moves along at a pretty good pace. It's going to be a good game for a lot of people. Now, usually with a lot of these games, the, the development happens after the release. Do you have a team that's going to be working on it and developing more content for it, or is it going to be, now that you've released it, you're going to move on to the next game? That's a really good question about what we're doing next. I'm at the University Graduate School of Public Health at the University of Pittsburgh. Our company that we've been working with, Mogimi, they've got a lot of other products in the pipeline, so when you play this game, you'll also have a chance to see some of their other products. And what we're going to be looking for is a way to make this sustainable, because it's going to be free to play, there's no in-app purchase, there's no uh, advertising to look at when you're playing the game, so it's going to be free to play and free on Facebook and so forth. But it, we hope it's going to attract a, a group of users who really get committed to uh, playing the game and really enjoying it. Well, we know from other games in this space that what keeps users is new content. So we're going to be looking for a way to come up with a revenue model that keeps with our nonprofit goals, but also allows us to make this a sustainable game and a sustainable activity that people can come back to month after month, year after year, and keep adding more content to it. But I got to tell you, doing this has been so exciting. I've had so many ideas for like new games that are related to this theme that uh, hopefully we'll have more to share with people. Yeah, and you know, this, this idea of social games and social good has been kind of coming about in the last year. Do you feel that it can actually become bigger than some of these more mainstream entertainment games in the social games arena? Will social, serious social games become bigger than mainstream games? I think that's uh, a really good question. I am not so bold as to say that we can take over the universe. What I would like to see is that a, you know, a slice of people's attention yeah. that's going to first-person shooter games or uh, games that where you're just kind of doing virtual stuff for the sake of virtual stuff, that a slice of people's attention can be spent on games that are just as fun, just as engaging, but are also providing some something to think about that's actually related to the real world. So that's my goal. I've got kind of a modest goal. I'd settle for a 10% share. <laughs> Is, is there a call to action, like, you know, where they actually sign up to be a donor? Excellent, excellent question. Thank you very much. On the main screen of the game, there's a more info button. When you press the more info button, you're actually going to see uh, facts and figures about organ donation, transplantation, and there's going to be a link to our companion website, and also a link to find your official state registry where you can sign up to become an organ donor if you're not one already. And are you going to be focusing on international or just the U.S. at this point? This has really uh, been built for the U.S. context, but i got to tell you, being at GDC, I've seen so many people from all around the world, yeah. and there's been so much really uh, strong interest in what we are doing that one of the things that we're going to do when we get back to our offices next week is we're going to add some international content to our website to uh, give people some, uh, some places to go and look for information about organ donation in other countries. Right now, all the information and content on the companion website is really for a U.S. audience. The underlying clinical issues are basically the same uh, wherever you are. And so, you know, from your perspective of doing this game development versus other ways of informing um, 
customers and patients. Where, where do you feel games are going to go and where do they play in terms of health? I think it's got to play a bigger and bigger role. I've been here, I went to the Games for Change Summit uh, here at GDC and we're looking forward to having a chance to uh, learn more at the Games for Health Summit and the uh, Games for Change Festival. Those are really important uh, events that are coming up. There's really a, a, an explosion of different projects that are going on all around the country where people are trying to think about how can we use games to support behavior change and healthy lifestyles? How can we use games to improve medication compliance for kids with cancer? Then people are thinking about how can we use games to teach math, teach physics. So there's just a tremendous like explosion of stuff. What we've done here through this is we think it's an alternative to the traditional public service announcement that you see at you know, 1.45 a.m. where somebody stands up and tells you how important this uh, it is to stop smoking. And the reason why we think it's a really important alternative to that is because when nonprofit organizations or government agencies do that, they have to buy that advertising at market rates or else it goes on the air at 1.45 and there's only about 83 people watching it. So what I know is that people spend voluntarily hundreds and hundreds of hours of their own time playing games. And there's advertisers are moving into that space. People are spending more and more time playing games. It's an alternative form of entertainment to television and movies. So if we're going to have public health messaging that's important and reaches people where they are and where they're spending time, we've got to figure out how to make our messages as entertaining as the things that people spend time on. So, you know, you, you brought up the, um, the public service model. Do you feel that maybe it's better to actually work alongside some of the more mainstream social game developers and try to integrate your thing into them? Or do you feel it is worth it to make it separate game entirely? Well, we actually hired a Pittsburgh-based startup company with experience in the social gaming space in order to do that. Because if I came up with a game on my own, boy, it would have been totally different. Because while I like playing games, I'm not a game developer, I'm not a game designer, that's not my skills. I'm a health policy researcher. So yes, we actually went to the industry to find people who were experts in the industry, people who play games, people who are really into games, live and breathe it, and then we brought them the high-level concept and we worked together on coming up with a design that would really uh, integrate the content that we wanted to have into a gameplay that would be really entertaining. And where can listeners find out more information about the game, potentially download it? Please go to doctortransplant.org, and on our contacts page, you can send us an email, and we'll send you an announcement when the game's available in the App Store. And so it's Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, right? Not, not the abbreviation. We didn't abbreviate it. We spelled the whole thing out. D-O-C-T-O-R-T-R-A-N-S-P-L-A-N-T dot O-R-G. Thank you very much.